Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mixtape Mixtape. Podcast, podcast. I'm your host, Julia. And I'm your host, Mike. Each week, we pick a topic and make you a mix. This This week. week, Ooh. Ooh, we did that at the same time. That's crazy. (laughs) Uh, You're a neo-maxi Zoom dweeby. What would you be out doing if you weren't making yourself a better citizen? (laughs) Oh, John Hughes. Oh, John Hughes movies. Things, life, whatnot. Life is not whatnot, and it's none of your business. Welcome back to another episode of Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast. Thanks for listening. status. Yeah. We're still quarantined forever and ever and ever. I'm okay with this. I don't mind. I I was built for staying home, so I'm okay with it. Bitch, I've been training this all my whole (laughs) life. It's a way of life for me. Minimal sunshine, minimal interaction with people. Perfect. I'm okay. Yeah, all those emo kids got it right. You think there's <laughs> any emo kids that became like surfers, and then now they're all oh, bummed for again? Sure. Yeah? For sure. You think there's, so? You can. There for some people, you can only handle so much sadness before you need to like do something about it. Yeah. Or your posers, like all your friends were emo kids. And oh, and so you were gonna be an emo kid? But yeah. Really, really, you're like super happy about life and the world. Yeah, really, you just wanted to go to the beach and like right. surf, bro. I just want to hang out and surf, but I kind of like I kind of like New Order, so I don't know. I so don't you know. don't maybe know I'll where just, you stand. Yeah, maybe I'll just hang out with these guys. That's what you're saying. So yeah. that's funny. Yeah. What There's have you been that, doing? Uh, I actually have just been I've been working from home. Oh and yeah, you're I've been. Doing uh, that. You know, I've been doing some house some housework around the house, and like I I actually. Uh, kind of tuned up all my Vespas and stuff. So oh, cool. That those are all ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Um, so, yeah. In the event that I could ride my scooters, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to ride one to go pick up your food. Yeah. If you ordered food somewhere, go for it's it. It's a good idea. Yeah, that's actually fun. Although none of them are registered or anything like that, <laughs> so I'd be breaking the law if I did that. But that's okay. Like, it's not the fact that I care that I, they're not registered. It's just mm-hmm. the fact that I don't want to get one impounded. Like, I have one belong, that belonged to Jerry Seinfeld. I don't want to get yeah. it impounded. What are they going to do to it? <laughs> just knock it over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway, this is my scooter fears. But uh, they're all running good, so there you go. The scooter fam is happy. Uh, and then uh, that's basically it. I've just been doing that. I've been trying to, like, work out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And just doing work. I mean, it's, you know, I've been staying home a lot. There was a point, like, I didn't leave the house for, like, three days last week. So yeah. we're just hanging out. Three days. I've gone, like, seven or eight. Like Oh, wow. Yeah, because we really have no need to go anywhere. Like, we'll do a big, we'll do Instacart and buy have groceries delivered or have food delivered. We don't leave the house. We'll walk the dog, but that's about it. Wow, that's 
That's crazy. Oh, we still yeah. leave the house. I mean, you know, it's like somebody goes to the store, you need something from the store or whatever. We, I go. I'll go and do all that. But, yeah, I don't know. But I guess uh, uh, Orange County was saying, like, they, they're still on their April 30th, you know, it, it hasn't been extended or anything, their, their restrictions. So I don't know. I don't know if things are going to be back to normal here this next week or what. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if places open back up again. I mean, yeah. given the case count and the amount of infected and the amount that have died, um, I'm surprised that anyone would be willing to take that chance. Well, that's what my point is like Georgia opens, let's say, right? And so now you have a before you had an empty building, which you weren't making any money on, let's mm-hmm. say a restaurant, right? But now you have to buy food product, right? Uh, you have yeah. to restock. You've got to employ your people to be there, whether mm-hmm. it be even if it's a limited staff. And so now you're opening a restaurant to say you have 25% capacity. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like electricity, water, all your utilities that you're paying for while you're, yeah. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. I want things to get back to normal. I just don't think that coming around this soon is going to lead people to all of a sudden say, okay, well, I'm going to go out. You know, you still have a lot of the population that's like, nah, I'm not going out, you know, totally. I'll take it to go. So. Well, and I saw on the news, like Georgia bowling alleys are allowed to open up again. Like, yeah. That seems like a really dirty place to open back up. Yeah. Used shoes, you sticking your fingers in the balls, like, and yeah. like you were saying, the cost to maintain that open, yeah. right? As opposed to just paying rent and basic utilities while it's closed, like, yeah, I don't know. Well, my niece lives in Georgia, and she was saying that yeah, like hair salons are opening and mm-hmm. nail salons and beaches and like park parks and restaurants next week or whatever. I'm like, dude. That governor is either going to be a zero and like never work again mm-hmm. ever, or she's going to be, or he or she, whoever it is, is going to be a hero where it's going to be like, oh yeah, well we had enough and we went our own way and now all of our people are gainfully employed. And but back, that's back how to it's going to be spun. That yeah. governor doesn't know what they're doing. They're just opening up because yeah. people no, are complaining. Exactly. They're going to no, exactly. spin that and it's going to be a lucky chance that, that they're, well, they exactly. survive it, you know? And let's be real. During this whole thing, that's all we're talking about is people like, I don't know. Let's try this. And, you yeah. know, it could be, like Gavin Newsom's a, a, a hero. But mm-hmm. when he was saying the stay at home order, how many of us were like, what? Really? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Stay at home for what? Like, you know, so I maybe it takes that. Maybe it takes that type of kind of boldness just to, you know, lead the way. I'm, and trust me, I'm not comparing the governor of Georgia to Gavin Newsom at all. Mm-hmm. One, one definitely is proven to be prudent and the other one is a lunatic i think but whatever we'll see i mean did you tell your family in georgia that uh killing eve is back on because uh that'll make a big difference killing eve is back on have you wow. not watched have you watched killing eve uh, oh my god hell it to is the such a good tv I, show i tried to watch it you told me to watch it and i watched you it and like that was it. the one that was the one with the sandra O. Oh, and yeah. there's the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a little old of that, like, maniacal serial killer. <gasps> like, I was like, really? It just didn't, I don't know. It wasn't, oh. it was so, like, twist your mustache evil. Like, it was like, oh, okay. It's I guess. so funny. I love it. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm agree to disagree. But <laughs> well, I've watched some pretty bad shows, though, just because I got into it. I got into this show with Kevin Bacon on TNT called The Killing. And wow. I got into it, like, three or four years after it got off the air. <laughs> and so I watched this whole thing. Like, there was mm-hmm. th- three or four seasons of it. And then I realized at the end of the fourth season, 
these were all just really just one season. Like they were, they only did one season, and they just had a template for that for every other oh, season. Oh God, <laughs> it's really bad. It's really yeah. So I don't know. Poor Kevin I don't know. I think I might be over it. And you know, the only thing I'm watching is like. Datelines, and then I get to like ten minutes into it, and I'm like, "Oh, I seen this one." <laughs> like I forget about it until until I see, a, oh, the dude with the mullet. Oh yeah, I've seen this. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did it. That guy did it. I've been yeah. listening to the Dateline podcast. It's really good. They take old Ooh. episodes. It's that's really good. And uh, 2020 ha- is a podcast now too. So they just take old episodes and put them in a podcast. Awesome. Form. <laughs> We're talking about true crime podcasts. If this is becoming a podcast about true crime, true crime podcasts, I like the one. Uh, there's one called. Ooh, uh, it's about cults. It's about uh, it's about the scare of um, satanic cults in the eighties. Satanic 80s. panic. No, that one's good too. But this okay. one, I think it's called. Ooh, uh, I'd say I think it's called cons- not conspiracy, but. Uh, no, Secret Societies is a good one too. It's not. That's mm-hmm. not this one. The one is. Um, uh, anyway, it's uh, conviction. That's what it's called. Yes, conviction. That one's pretty good. That one's good because it's like it's like you know the kid. It opens up with this guy. He's like, well, my dad. When well, I remember, I distinctly remember being in a van with my dad mm-hmm. and with his friend. And this is like the opening line of the podcast. And he's like. And we saw some two people hitchhiking, and my dad pulled up, pulled them over, and he said, "Are you Christians?" And they said, "Yes." And he goes, "Hop in." And then we took them and 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 sacrificed them to Satan. <laughs> and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Really? And the dad, you talk to the dad, and he's like, "Yeah, that never happened." And then it has all these things. He goes, "We didn't even have a van." Like you know. <laughs> Dad's got all this facts to back it up how it didn't happen, and they talk about the McMartin preschool case and stuff like that oh, that are just yeah, yeah. that are just like panic, you know? Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway, but let's talk about John Hughes. That's what we're here to talk about. So John Hughes is was Pat was yes yeah. he died. R.I.P. Maybe like eleven. I think he died in two thousand nine. He created the most infamous movies of our generation. For teens and then not for teens, for kids, adult family films. He, yeah, like my favorite movies of all time have been done by John Hughes. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles as yeah. an adult. Oh my god, it's I watching it as a kid is one thing, and then watching it as an adult, it's hilarious. It still holds up, but I think you and I are talking more so about the. Um, the teen movies, right, or what would be considered teen yeah. movies at the time that really were for adults as well. It's not like they were these annoying teen movies. Yes. Um, they all were funny and kind of topical and hip for the time. Um, you know, I I had the benefit of being like a preteen, like when those movies were popular. So, like, I was maybe. Okay. I rem- okay, I remember being in the early on in the sixth grade, like, I was probably like, I don't know, September, October into the sixth grade. And um, HBO played The Breakfast Club. It was on, like, late at night. It was on, mm-hmm. like, 11 o'clock at night. And I stayed up. I'm like, I have to record this. And, like, I put in put in a v- blank VHS and recorded it. Uh, and, man, it was, like, a revolutionary film. Like, it was awesome. It was totally. really cool. I, I still think I was Ali Sheedy. I'm that yeah. character. That's I've never identified with her more. Than, than I was as a teenager, and yeah. I felt like her. I wanted to dress like her. 
I, I just loved her so much. I, and I have, I, ident- I really identified with uh, the Judd Nelson character and wanted to be kind of like the Judd Nelson character, even though I was probably more like the, the Anthony Michael Hall character. Probably. <laughs> <I don't> know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I really wanted to be like the Judd Nelson character. Matter of fact, after that movie, I started skateboarding and they had a, they had a, well, like even during that movie, but um, they had a, uh, Dwight, stop barking. Jeez, the dog. Uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he has to have the last word. Yeah, exactly. He's still going. Uh, yeah, so what was I going to say? Um, so, yeah. So skateboarding. I, I, yeah, skateboarding. So I was skating, and I found this glove, like, on the ground. And uh-huh. it was a... It, and it, it looked like a Judd Nelson, like, glove, like a fingers cut off type uh-huh. glove. But I guess it was for skateboarding. It was, like, for hand plants and things like that. Oh, okay, I don't know cool. anybody who's ever worn one of these. Yeah. But I had this thing. I found it, and I wore it forever. And everybody was like, oh, we tried to be like... Were you trying to be like uh, like the dude from the Breakfast Club? It's like, yeah, that's exactly who I'm trying to be. I'm wearing this. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so, anyway, but you know, pretty prolific with with uh, you know, if you if you go down the line of movies, they all really had um, kind of important messages for teens, I think, but also kind of preparing us for society. You know, they're 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 talking about how, yeah, here are the cliques, and even though you know, in the Breakfast Club, for example, all of them have all this stuff in common, but the main result of the movie is they all know that, you know, they're probably going to go back to school and be exactly the same. Exactly. Which, exactly. Which is pretty cool. It's not, there's not a bow tie happy ending, although Mm -hmm. it ends pretty well. That's why there's no breakfast club Two Monday morning sequel. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't have it. I kind of like when things end like that, when books end like that, where they kind of like, leave it up to your imagination to decide what happens. Like you don't get that nice bow at the end of it. Like, yeah, it is yeah. kind of up in the air. Well, and at the end of the day, the, you know, the reality is that you don't need to know the end in order to know that you had a good experience with the story. Right. Yeah. But I, th- I don't know. I think, uh, I just think I love the way it starts where it has the John Hughes, uh, or it has the, like, for example, they quote David Bowie, right? They, they quote changes, you mm-hmm. know, in the beginning and the children that you spit on are, you know, quite aware what they're going through, whatever. And it has David Bowie, like, you know, attributed to the quote. So it's a black screen with a white, like letter quote on it and i remember thinking like wow david bowie i i immediately thought david bowie immediately was way cooler than he ever was to me because he was important enough that he was the first thing that the director chose for you to see in this film Mm -hmm. was a quote from him because i thought of david bowie as like my I don't know, my brother's music. Like, it was older. My brother's 10 yeah, years older Yeah, you mentioned than me. that. So, Which is so funny, because your brother listened to pretty cool music, and you were just so... You were yeah, a kid. Well, well my... I, no, actually, I had friends' brothers listen to cool... My brother listened to, like, Triumph the Band. And, oh, like, that's... And, like, okay. you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, his, okay. his favorite band was called Triumph, and they were just, like, this hair metal kind mm-hmm. of band, but whatever. Anyway, he liked metal. He liked a lot of metal. He had, a, like, he had the Queen uh, record that had the robot on it, you know? Like, I remember seeing that. I don't know that And it was, it was, like, pinned to his wall. I remember, you know, I just remember shit like that, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get started with our first song. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean... He did so many movies in such a short amount of time. Um, I'm going to do... I'll do a song from 16 Candles, which is one of my favorite movies. Okay. But if you watch it now, it's probably... Do you want me to guess the song? Yeah. (laughs) 
Is it Little Bitch? No. Okay, cool. Good, I love. I'm gonna play that later. Okay. <laughs> I love. Um, the altered images, happy birthday song. Oh, totally. So, and it's, it's, it like, that is almost like the theme song for that movie. It's yeah, so totally. like, whenever I think of that song, I think of that movie. Whenever I hear that song, I think of 16 candles. Totally. That's so, yeah. really all you ever hear it. And I play it on my birthday. I have a little birthday mix of like happy birthday songs. And that's Wait, do you get up in the morning and you're like, yes, yeah. now it's time to play my mix. I'll listen to it throughout the day. There's like a no doubt song on there. There's the altered images song. It just gets wow. me through the day. I, I never I never thought of you as like somebody that, you know, I don't know, prolific where you're going to say, oh, I have my birthday mix. That's cool. Good so like I don't care about celebrating my birthday, but I do little things for myself. And that's one of them. Um, nice. I actually saw altered images at one of those 80s concerts where they have all the one hit wonders or big acts from the 80s that come totally. back and play. Yeah. yeah. And. But the thing is, Altered Images, all of these bands, like the first five or six bands, they get 10 minutes to play. You play your hit, you play your follow-up, and that's it. And so they played this, and I forget the other song they played. But um, Pretty they, rad, though. It's yeah. like a revolving stage or something. It those was. Roadies, it totally was. Those roadies just working all day. <laughs> They're just like, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I forgot who the closing artist. It must have been, like, OMD. They got, like, the hour-long sets. But, oh, well, um, he did. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Um, but let's hear it. great song i yeah just like i remember it i remember the first time i heard it i i actually same memory i was a latchkey kid right so i would watch hbo or whatever was on um all day and, and i discovered 16 candles uh and uh kind of probably like the year before i think it came out the year before and i remember watching that and thinking oh my god this is like how high school is and i totally remember that song <gasps> man the I, opening montage of 16 Candles, I was like, whoa, is that how high school is going to be? Crazy. I, um, okay, so I'm younger than you. I watched Saved by the Bell a lot, and I thought high school was going to be just like Saved by the Bell. I was so disappointed, especially even when I got to junior high, and you yeah. don't know anyone in your class. You knew something was up when you got yeah. to junior high. You're like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was actually really bummed out, really disappointed. I, I based a lot off of TV. So... I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, my first day of seventh grade, I thought it was like a rebirth, like a like uh, I was coming as a whole new person. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I rolled up uh, and I think I was wearing like I wanted to look nice, mm -hmm. but casual. And I was thinking like I'd spent the summer watching like these. I remember I watched this movie called Just One of the Guys where they it was like a woman who dressed up like yes, a, like a guy. I remember that. Um, and and they mentioned Elvis Costello a lot. And I didn't know who Elvis Costello really was. Mm -hmm. But all I knew is I, I, I saw a picture of Elvis Costello. He was wearing a suit and tie. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to school. And I wore, Did you? A, oh my I wore God. a white, like it was like a white blazer. Uh -huh. And I think it was my mom's. Like I grabbed it. And then I had a, I, I don't know if it was like a T-shirt. Like so it was the 80s, right? So uh -huh. And I thought, oh, I look really nice. <laughs> and I look back and there's like, 
I haven't seen any pictures from that day, uh-huh. uh, but man, if I could, that would just be cringe worthy. I can't believe I dressed like that. Your mom <laughs> let you go to school like that, huh? No, they didn't care. They let me wear whatever I want. I mean, I could walk out, assuming I, dude. I went to I went to uh, I went to Montessori school for a long time when I was a really little kid. I went to school one day and it was like sixty degrees and raining, and I had like dove shorts, like running shorts. <laughs> uh, I had a holster with a, two Western pistols on it, a cowboy mm-hmm. hat. A t-shirt and a cowboy vest, <laughs> and they're like, "Yep, yeah, he's a cowboy today." I don't know what yeah. to tell you. <laughs> just let him go. And I like <laughs> to think that it's because my parents were really hip, and they were just letting me express myself. They actually just didn't care. <laughs> they just were like, "Yep, yeah, you got clothes on. You're fine." Get That's awesome. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna play uh, from the same movie, just because I like it. Uh, I'm, and it's one of my favorite songs ever. I'm gonna play "Little Bitch" by the Specials. So here it goes. And your girlfriend's swing lets you sever the chin She's got a left hand and a flat jeans You know what that means? She's just a little queen She shares your London flat She thinks that London's wearing sad Although it's next to wedding when you wear your hat And your plum colour PVC wedlock Maxi Mac You tie your ginger hair back in a bun You're the ugliest creature I love that song because I love the scene I yes. love Joan Cusack dancing. Yes. That yes. is my favorite. Joan Cusack in that movie is my favorite. Her dancing and then her drinking water from the water fountain. I love it when she it's hits like... her retainer thing against the water. She's like, oh, okay. Like she doesn't speak throughout yeah. in any of her scenes. It's just like little noises. And I like, like that she just says, okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's got that. Dude, I'm telling you, somebody's got to invent that. Somebody's got to, I'm sure somebody on Etsy makes it. But they got to do that blouse that has the little the, dress, the dress with the bloomers, yeah. with the bloomers on. It. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love her so much. I know Christina so wants one of those. She was talking about that. But the, uh, the, uh, yeah, that whole scene, that whole scene in the, uh, in the gym of mm-hmm. Sixteen Candles. I mean, you hear Oingo Boingo's in there. Uh, you know that song. Uh, the special song is in there. You know they play Wild Sex and the Working Class in that scene, and Boingo. You know, unless you're from the West Coast, not really a known band even then. Even a, even like Midwest, East Coast, not really a big band. So the fact that they were in there, and they make another appearance later in uh, Weird Science. So they actually did the theme for Weird Science. So that's, yeah. you know, pretty cool. But anyway, what do you got? What do you got next? Let's see. I think um, I made a little list of where all these movies came from, oh, songs came from. So I'm going to jump to a non-teen movie really quick uh, just because I love this band. So uh, he wrote National Lampoon's European Vacation. He did all the vacation movies. Um, He actually wrote, he was credited for writing and singing the theme to the Wally World song. Oh, okay. uh, Like the park (laughs) song on there. But this is from European Vacation, which I don't care for that one very much. I I liked it when I was a kid just because boobs in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's We're looking about for it. sex. Come on, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> but they play the jam in that movie. So right, they play a yeah. town called Malice. So we're going to listen it. to that. One of my favorites. Let's yep. hear it.
that's a cool song. I mean, I, I really like it. I, I I'm a huge uh, I'm a huge uh, jam fan. Anyway, Me too. I think they're extremely underrated. I think that band probably could have had another couple albums in them. Um, you know, and the fact that they ended they ended when they did, I think it's great. I think that. I think there's that's a rad part of it when you can be an artist and then say, okay, well, I think we've run its course. Like we're just kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's just you know let's end it here. And, but then Paul you know, Weller had a big career afterwards, and sure, he's sure, so yeah. creative and such a good musician himself. He like, really is. Yeah. Yeah. I just think the rawness and the raw power of uh, I mean, think when you think about it, he started that band, he was probably 16 when he started that band. Yeah. So the fact that they did that for, you know, six or seven years or however long, I'm not sure how long they, they did it. But, you know, by the early 80s, they were done. So, you know, if you figure he was doing Style Council after that, you know, and then his oh, solo career right. after yes. that. So. But Style Council, also another great band. Talk about a total departure, which is pretty cool, you know. But uh, And I appreciate that. We love yeah. it when bands sort of advance themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing. It's like if if Dolly, if, if Salvador Dali just did one particular style in his entire mm-hmm. life, you'd be robbed of all these great sculptures and line drawings and other things. Picasso just painted his whole life you would just you know we'd have this very limited scope of what he was capable of doing uh so music's the same way you have people that want to branch out and do different things and you know i i got to a, a little not a tiff but i was on instagram the other day and and there's a website called ska punk daily uh-huh. uh, if you like ska and punk music just find them on instagram they're they're really great they post a lot of cool stuff they had some really old footage of no doubt at uh I think it was at UC Irvine or USC. I'm not sure. But it was an outdoor show, mm-hmm. packed out. I mean, lots of people there. And it was probably 1994. I mean, it was early. I mean, well. So, I, mean, they I were would think huge, like 92. Probably. They, so yeah. like a huge local draw. Yeah. I mean, it's how I used to see them when we were kids. Like, we'd go and see them. And somebody said, proving that somebody, like, had in quotes, proving that Gwen is such a sellout. Da, 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 da. And so I remember, stupid. I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, dude, you wouldn't, this is the only genre of where you would say someone's a sellout. Like, you wouldn't say, oh, Jay-Z, that guy's a sellout. You know what I mean? Totally. You know, totally. he's a mogul. And so mm-hmm. she's a mogul. And so the only thing is, is that, oh, this is our little thing. This is our little scub, you know, punk thing. And, and so everybody, everybody's crabbing. They want to pull people down back into the bucket. It's like, dude, stand and be proud of that. Be proud of like, hey, this is where they're from. They, they, they made something themselves and did this. And now, I mean, you know, without, without Gwen being po- as popular as she is, Tony has a career. He's a producer, you know. Exactly. I mean, it's amazing. So, like you could spin it another way and say, well, the boys get to do other music related stuff. They're producers, they're managers, yeah. like they all have other side projects. Yeah, Dream Car and uh, you know, some of the other ones. Uh, like Matt Costa, like they all do other things, but then as a female singer, what are your options? Yeah. Right. So well, yeah. she's so doing she, what she can. She, yeah, and, and also and what suits her. You know, the, the lady's been sewing her own clothes for years. Exactly. And, and in charge of her own style. I mean, let's, people don't realize that, and we're getting way off topic, but they don't realize how Gwen basically started an entire look, you know, especially yeah. in Orange County. I mean, I was too young to really be traveling a lot, but I saw Gwenabees in every city that I went to. I know, wanted to be one. Yeah, everybody, yeah. yeah, everybody wanted to be her. So more power to her. Well, let's, uh, let's get back to this. I, yeah, the I, uh, music. 
Yeah, so I actually am going to play one just because I love the band and didn't realize till this morning that they were from, uh, they actually had a song in a John Hughes movie. What band? But, um, the band is Los Lobos, and the song is Don't Worry Baby. It's from She's Having a Baby uh, with Kevin Bacon. Uh, and uh, came out a little later, like 88 or so, but it's still a, still a very good film if you ever get a chance to see it. I actually uh, haven't seen that. There were a couple on this list. Like, I've never seen Weird Science. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Weird Science is funny. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, go in control, know what you're going to get. But Bill, it's like the first movie I ever saw Bill Paxton in. And he plays such an asshole in it. Chet, he plays this, the kid's brother. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. it's so good. Anyway, here's uh, Don't Worry Baby uh, from Los Lobos that, from She's Having a Baby. Well, don't worry, baby, what the world can bring. Well, Like I said, you've made me a fan of Los Lobos, and I wa- actually watched La Bamba recently, oh, yeah. too. Oh, nice. Uh, cool. And it made me love them again more and more. But, yeah, yeah. it's a great song. When, when they when they play in the brothel, when, yes. they're, when they're, he's in Tijuana and they're mm-hmm. playing in the brothel, I think it's rad. And, I like, mean, they dude, all look so young and so little. <laughs> seriously, right? They all look so young. Yeah, it's really cool. And, uh, and I apologize to... In, well, I make no apologies, and yet I still apologize to any of our listeners who, who are like, you're playing Lo- you're playing Los Lobos again? I'm like, dude, just get on board with it. Okay. <laughs> it's a different mixtape. Yeah, yeah. You'll live. You'll live. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what do you got next? Okay, I think it, we're going to have to do Pretty in Pink. Um, okay. movie came out in 86, and it was touted as one of the greatest, like, soundtracks of that era and generation and it really is such a good soundtrack it yeah. has so many good hits on and um musicians that released songs they didn't do the song for the album or for the soundtrack right. but they uh they were able to release a song um around the timing of that soundtrack and timing of the movie so don't they would only gain them more popularity because right. of that uh but we are going to listen to uh, we could play Pretty in Pink, but I'm not going to. We've all heard that before. We're going to play Echo and the Bunny Men, Bring on Dancing Horses. Awesome. It's such a good song. Bring on the dancing horses Headless and all alone Shiver and say the words Every lie you've heard I'm gonna make it and then I'm gonna break it till it falls apart. Hates it all I'm making Cool song. Uh, I, I like the I like the way that film really uses music and, and, and it's kind of different. Uh, I think after Breakfast Club, I think he really started to feature music more, like to push the narrative, yeah. to set the scene, right? Um I often think of that, uh, you know, it's shot in Chicago, uh, and you get to see like the Stax Records, you know, um, um, building that also is in like High Fidelity later and, and, and others, uh, but oh, which is which is not which yeah, is yeah. not a John Hughes movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the uh, anyway, I really like it, and uh, I think 
I, I like the way he uses to push that narrative. And not that that's an old, I mean, people have probably been doing that in music forever, but that's something we absolutely see now where they'll play a song and kind of tell you how to feel. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. And it's not just like a score that was produced or created for the movie. It's, it's songs that kids that age are going to be listening to anyways. Right. And using the lyrics and the emotion that, that that song naturally evokes, like to pull you in more as well. Like, sure. Especially when um, Ducky is singing that Otis Redding song, like it's such an yeah. eclectic mix, you know, like him singing that song, that. Yeah. like what kid, however old they are, 16, are they 16 in that? 17? Yeah, I, don't remember. I, I mean, they have to be, they're in it's, like junior prom or senior yeah. prom, so 17, let's say, mm-hmm. but I, I love the fact that... Um, he is so eclectic where you've got like Otis Redding in this film you got in weird science they play many uh like Muddy Waters and and Screaming Jay Hawkins and like blues songs yeah because there's scenes where they're out at night and they're you know doing that um I like some kind of wonderful uh you know there's uh the main character in that is named Amanda Jones and and obviously there's a very famous Rolling Stone song called Amanda Jones that's in there, you know, so it's really cool. Um, which brings me to, um, brings me to what I want to do. I want to do a song just jumping around, um, from some kind of wonderful. So, uh, some kind of wonderful was like my pretty in pink. Like I was old enough. Pretty in pink was great. And I think I was like a, I don't know. I was, uh, late, probably like sixth grade, seventh grade when that came out. But Pretty in Pink, or uh, Some Kind of Wonderful was like, when I was developing into a person, that movie was like, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved Eric Stoltz's character in it. I, I love Eric fact- Stoltz. Yeah. Yeah, I, he's just so great. hot. Sorry. He's great. Yeah, he's great. And then, and, then, uh, <laughs> and then I love that Eric, what I love about Eric Stoltz is that everybody likes him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, and, and in that movie, some kind of wonderful, everybody likes him. So he's friends with Cholos and he's friends with like the punk rock dude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're all, they're all, they're all buddies. And that's kind of like how I grew up. You know, I was friends with a lot of different groups. So, uh, anyway, I'm going to play I Go Crazy by Flesh for Lulu. Cause it's in that. Oh uh, yeah. One of my favorites. And you could just as, just as easy have played Amanda Jones or, 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 or play just about any, but anything else, but I'll do, uh, I'll go crazy. So here it goes. song i mean yeah i i like flesh for lulu i i was always kind of intimidated by the name of the band because it sounds super gothy and super dark yeah, but it's but then you it's, hear the band, you're like, yeah it doesn't it's it doesn't connect to me but the music's great i really like them yeah and and uh oddly enough if you listen to the uh one mini episode we did a few months ago christina got drunk and went backstage at some shows and was talking to people and Aaron Barrett from Real Wood Fish and his wife were that was like the first song they danced to at their their wedding was I Go Crazy by Flush for Lulu so there you go there's that a little fun fact for you um, okay anyway. so right. one of my favorite John Hughes movies is Uncle Buck 
Like, oh, yeah. I love Uncle Buck. It's so one much. of the funniest. It's, it's like by so far. funny. Dude, that scene where, the, where he's cleaning out the closet and the bowling ball hits him on the... <laughs> Like, John Candy is hilarious and such a good actor. And I love Macaulay Culkin and Gabby Hoffman. Like, they're such cute kids with him, and he's so good with them. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's so great. I love the scene where he walks in, uh, where Gabby Hoffman's character, like, gets in trouble at school, and he walks in to talk to the teacher, and he keeps, he stares at her mole the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just like, mole, 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 mole. Mole, 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 mole. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and then he tells her off in such a good way. I love he throws the quarter out. Here's a quarter. Go over, go downtown have a rat on that thing <laughs> off your face. Oh, he's such a good, good, it was such a good movie. I love that movie so much. But we're going to yeah. play a song from there. Uh, this song is Tweedledee D by Laverne Baker. And I think it's a scene where, like, he and the kids are baking breakfast. Yeah, they're baking breakfast. It's, yeah. it's what's his name's birthday birthday and there he's making yeah, breakfast for him. those yeah. huge pancakes or he's using you like a see <laughs> the toast <laughs> so, so funny. funny okay Yeah, that's a cool choice. That's that's yeah. another example of how he uses these, you know, it's it's music that pushes the storyline mm-hmm. and it makes sense that Buck wouldn't listen to Flesh for Lulu. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like Buck would listen yeah. to that, you know? So uh it, it's it's really cool. Yeah. I uh I, I like that. And actually what's weird is when I hear those songs in the context that John Hughes puts them in, mm-hmm. it, uh, it makes me want to, it, it, even as a kid, it made me want to go and find out who those artists are. It was a lot harder then. So I'd wait to the end of the movie and like pause Watch it, it. Yeah. And, 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 and look at all that when the music credits came mm-hmm. up so I could figure out who wrote what or who did what, you know, it was really cool, but yeah. Uh, good choice. I really like it. Um, I think I'm going to do, uh, one again from, um, from uh, Pretty in Pink. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do one for Pretty in Pink. Just because we mentioned it. You deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. Now I just got to find it. Oh. Uh, where did it go? <laughs> uh, it's an Oingo Boingo song. I want to do uh, Wild Sex in the Working Class. Okay. Just I like the song and they don't get enough credit. I there's people who absolutely love or like ride or die for Oingo Boingo. Um, I don't know that I'm that guy, but. They were an outstanding band, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think they kind of quit while they were on top as well. You know what I mean? Like, they, they probably do you, could have Do done. you think it's better for a band to do that? I think it's better for any artist to do that. I think it's better for athletes. I think it's, you know, if you follow football, uh, but you don't. But, you know, um, last uh, a year ago, Andrew Luck was basically like a franchise quarterback uh many touted to say he was like the future of the game at one point he was just so beat up even though he's in his 30s early 30s he's like i'm done i'm retiring and it upset the whole game like people were all pissed about it it's like dude this guy banged himself up he has nothing more to contribute let him go yeah and i think artists are like that i think if you have the the foresight to get your ego out of it and go what are we really doing and what are we doing that's different and you can honestly tell yourself that you're not, then that takes a lot of balls to just be able to walk away. So anyway, let me just find the tune here. I had it queued up, and then it went away. So I don't, Whoopsies. I don't, I don't know. I'm not. 
There it is. Oingo Boingo. Wild sex in the working class. It's a really good song, and then the it, I love it more just because you think of the scene. So you yeah, think of totally. like like we were saying, Farmer Ted dancing, trying to woo Molly Ringwald's character, and she just wants yeah. to get rid of him because she wants to get uh, get to the other guy. Shit, yeah, what was get to Jake name? Ryan. Jake, Jake Ryan. Ryan. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's it, it's hilarious. That, that I just love his look in there. He's, he's little. I mean, let's talk about the timeline of these films. I don't know when they were shot, but they were released out of order because Anthony Michael Hall is tiny in sixteen. <laughs> yeah, he's candles. a baby. He's a baby, and he's got braces on and all this shit. He is so small, and then you see him in in uh, you know Breakfast Club, and he hit his growth spurt. He's like you know an adolescent. You know, he's easily eighteen years old. Well, you know? okay, so Breakfast Club came out in eighty five. Sixteen Candles was eighty four. Oh, okay, but they shot Breakfast Can- Breakfast Club way earlier. I think. Must have. Like, all yeah. these movies that he did came out. Like, he did a couple movies in, like, Breakfast Club and European Vacation came out in 85. Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out in 86. Like, two huge movies yeah. came out same time like how right, do you right, right. how do you do that but he must have shot those you know just just judging by the age of the characters you know just yeah. by ju- Andy Michael Hall alone I mean the fact that he is so small in Pretty in Pink that we're, we're shooting these way out of order or maybe they got shot and didn't get picked up or something Possibly. like that until he had a hit you know who knows so um, there's also uh, I know I'm always the guy that brings up the documentary but uh, the documentary about John Hughes uh, was made in 2009. It was oh. on Netflix for a long time, uh, but it's very sad. It talks about his life and how um, he spent his time doing this, uh, making these films, and then he just kind of went away. And he lived his entire rest of his life in his house. It was kind of a recluse uh, at his at his home in Illinois. And it is called "Don't Don't You Forget About Me." So mm, interesting. If you have an opportunity to check it out. It's really fun. It's kind of sad, but they they do interviews with Judd Nelson and and uh, I believe Ali Sheedy. And, you know, so it's it's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, sad too. Um, oh, you know what it is? It's a what? guy here. It's a guy who goes on a search for John Hughes. I think oh, is what it is because he's okay. kind of reclusive, and then he ends up during the kind of filming. I think he ends up dying. And they Holy and so shit. they have kind of like a tribute. But that's kind of weird because he did so many movies. Like he did movies up until two thousand eight. Yeah. Like he did Made in Manhattan. He did Drillbit Taylor. Like weird movies, but yeah, I think he might have written a lot. He wrote uh, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. He wrote a lot of those, but I don't think he was like the the visionary from start to finish on a lot of them. Since you know, no. I think he was I like I don't know a, when the magic. Just like a hired. Hired hand, yeah. Yeah, hired hand. I knew, they knew he could get him get him handled, but anyway. All right, well, what what you got next? Well, What's yours, right? we didn't touch this movie, but I do love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Just because awesome. he's so charming in that movie. Um, shoot, what's his name? What's the actor? Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. 
Matthew Broderick is just so charming in the movie. It's such a good movie. And I'm going to play Twist and Shout just because I I love the big dance scene in there. Um, yeah, right on. So it's just a fun song. So let's let's play that. Twist and Shout, Twist and Shout, Really good one. I liked it. I like the song. I like how he put it in there. I thought for years that he sang that himself. Oh. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, how could he sing it himself? He's on a he's on a float. You know, what's he? How, come on. So then I, I heard it. I actually heard it in a jukebox. I was in like, somebody played it. It was in a jukebox in like Pennsylvania somewhere. And I thought, oh, wow. I'm like, that's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? Like Matthew Broderick sang that, and I went over to the jukebox. It was somebody else. I, I don't know who sings it, but it was obviously not him. It was a woman, I think. It sounds like almost who sings oh. it. It's crazy. A little <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah, a little bit off. A little bit off. But that's a good one. That's that's a really good one. I uh, correction. I mentioned that uh, that the last song that I played was in Pretty in Pink, and it's not. It's in uh, Sixteen Candles. So there you go. There you go. Um, but I do want to play one from Pretty in Pink. Okay, go for it. Did I already play this song? No. You played... Did I play OMD? No. Okay. I want to play... Uh, this is from the end credits of Pretty in Pink uh, when she finally gets Jake Ryan and they're sitting... He has a birthday cake for her or whatever. That's 16 but, Candles. What did I say? Pretty in Pink? Yeah. But the OMD song is from Pretty in Pink. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jake Ryan is 16 Candles. Wait, yeah, you're right. No, I was thinking. Okay, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're uh, absolutely right. Yes. Blake. So I'm gonna. Blake. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play. Um, I'm gonna play if you leave from Blaine. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna if you leave from when you see Ducky show up, you know, and he's all suited up and mm-hmm. he kind of redeems himself from uh, from sixteen candle or ah, what do you think? They all run together. <laughs> but okay, here it is. Here's if you leave by uh, OMD. It's a good song. It's a, again, that's one of those 80s songs that I'm not sick of yet that I can still listen to. For it's sure, not, yeah. It's not like a take on me where I can't listen to that at all. Yeah. I actually, um, I didn't get to go, but I had a friend who went to an OMD concert around that time. Uh-huh. And I got a t-shirt from it. Cool. And I found it. I found a picture of myself. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I mean. It'll never see the light of day. But anyway, there's a picture of myself, <laughs> and I think I'm wearing a black turtleneck with a white OMD shirt over it. So, yeah. Yeah. That would actually be kind of cool now. You'd be kind of normcore. So you would fit in. Normcore? Is that what that's called? Normcore is like dressing like Seinfeld. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it <laughs> is. Norm core. Is everything core? Is it like, oh, that's shit core? Oh, that's. that's <laughs> I think in the early two thousands, there was a lot of cores, right? Like, yeah, that you were like pirate core because pirates were a thing, and yeah, what? Yeah, shit the fuck? no, was no, 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 yeah, it was. Look were at your you, live were, journal. Were, it was were a people thing. Like, <laughs> people were into pirates. I, I, I think it's because people wore like leggings under skirts and dresses and like boots and stuff. I don't know, but it was a thing in the early 2000s. Pirate core. It was. Don't ask me why I know, but it was. Okay. All right. I won't, I'm not going to ask you. I won't ask you about pirate core. I know it triggers you. I'm not going to ask you about pirate core. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, okay, um, I'm going to do one from Pretty in Pink uh, just because this is a it's a band that actually plays in the movie, The Rave Ups. It's written oh, yeah. all over yeah. Molly Ringwald's uh, yeah. notebooks. And I think it's actually on her Molly Ringwald's notebooks in 16 Candles as well. Like I think the rave ups were were supposed to be the next like thing. They were supposed yeah. to be like they got signed and were featured in this film for for a reason. Yeah, so that's that's cool. All right, let's hear it. And I've always liked them. Uh, so the song is called Rave Up too. song i know exactly the scene they walk into the the bar andrew mm-hmm. dice plays out in front oh he's yeah keeping, he's, he's like ducky let me ask you something if the love of your life is in this bar and she knows you can't get in how does that work it's really cool yeah but you think about all this undiscovered talent that was there or or early talent that was in a lot of these films and like yeah for, say what you want about Dice Clay, that he wasn't in anything before he was in John Hughes' movie. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, becoming this international star. But, I wonder. I'm wonder what that interaction was, or what that, uh, like, how they knew each other, or how. He's, how that he's happened. clearly doing his stand-up. You know, I mean, that, he's yeah. doing that stand-up with that character, right? So where he's he's doing the thing with his lighters and he's smoking and all that. You know, so as the doorman, but he plays a good doorman. I mean, hey, yeah. it's, you know, that's that's like every other every doorman I've ever met. Kind of is kind of like that guy. Um, I'm gonna do uh, Young Americans by David Bowie, and I believe. Hmm, what to was think this now. in? They're all running together now. Um, oh, in Breakfast Club. No, was it? No, no. I don't think it was Breakfast Club. I think it was, uh, was it Breakfast Club? I don't remember. I think it was in, I know it was in one of them. Um, hmm, I'll find out. Yeah. I'm going to play it and I'll find out in a second. Yeah. But here it comes. Young Americans by David Bowie. You've heard it. Just these 20 years 
I mean, what you can't be mad at David Bowie. Um, but in researching last night, I uh, found out that 16 Candles, they originally, the soundtrack for that was released as a mini album and only had five songs on it. Oh, really? And they weren't good songs. Let me pull that up right now. Um, they weren't songs that you would, that teens really wanted to listen to. Let me hold, please. Oh, wait, they were. Uh, One was Stray Cats, 16 Candles. Another was Artists I Don't Know. And then a Patti Smith and a Thompson Twin song. So there were only five original songs, but the movie featured so many that uh, the soundtrack, there was another soundtrack created later that came out um, years after the movie came out. Success has a way of doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, (laughs) yeah. It's kind of like you look at... uh, you look at uh, like Breakfast Club and you look at the the soundtrack for it and there's a lot of like instrumental stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants to hear the songs that you made reference to in it, you know, but I don't think that that movie was so heavy into the music as much as no. say like, yeah, you know, 16 Candles or or Pretty in Pink, but yeah. Anyway, so um, really, uh, what, what, what do you have next? So this is yours. my last song. I think I'm going to play a song from The Breakfast Club. And it's in the scene where I think it's like in the middle of the day. And I can't r- remember why Emilio Estevez's character is doing this. But he's like in one of the rooms and he gets all aggro and he screams yeah. and it breaks the glass. Like, yeah, he smokes weed. They all smoke the, weed. Uh, that's what it was. They were and smoking weed. Running, okay. For whatever reason, like what is this weed laced with something? Like, why are you all <laughs> running around? But like they anyway. have a lot of energy for smoking yes, weed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, gross. <laughs> but, um, the song is called, let me find it. The song is called where the heck are you song? I just had you. Oh, it's, we are not alone. By Carla DeVito. Okay, let's see. So, good song. If we dare expose our hearts, just reveal the purest parts, that's when strange sensations start to grow. Yeah, I totally, as soon as I heard the song, I'm like, yep, they're like, they're all kind of dancing. Molly Ringwald's doing the dance, and then they're all mm-hmm. kind of like, the one, the, the Farmer Ted guy is like, or is like, or uh, what's his name? Brian, the uh, the dork is all like kind of jumping and spinning. Uh-huh. And then you've got the Emilio Estevez guy r- like running hurdles over the book stacks and shit. Yeah. It's so, so weird. And then Judd so Nelson's weird. character is kind of just hanging out, right? No, I think he's on top of the statue, right? Smoking. Oh yeah, he was writing it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, and that's like that's such an '80s like dance number type of song. It's crazy that that Mm -hmm. would be in there too. But whatever. I mean, hey, you know he he must have known he must have known something. So he 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 knew how to put a soundtrack together. So I guess you got to trust him for shit like that. But uh, okay, so this is my last song. Yeah. All right. Well. I'm going to end with probably one of the re- most recognizable ones. If you've seen the film uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, then you know the scene with the, I think it's the Ferrari, right? Where 
where they're they steal a Ferrari, and uh, well, maybe not. Maybe he he says he wants. This is when he's trying to coax Cameron into taking the Ferrari, uh-huh. and all of a sudden you hear that song by Yellow. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that song. So I'm gonna play "Oh Yeah" by Yellow. Sorry, I was looking at something. Um, yeah, I was just looking up what scene it came from. It was uh, when they, I think it's when they pick up the car and they're driving around. Because oh, I think okay. when the two uh, mechanics steal the car, that's oh, a yeah, completely the, the guy, different. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they go Oh, yeah, they play flying. Star Wars. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, they, um, you know, now, was it when they pick up Simone, maybe? Is I think it was. It yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because let's be honest, Simone was like a 25-year-old, like, hottie. I don't know what she was she doing was a in babe. that film. Yeah, she was a babe in that movie. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, that's a brief thumbnail scratch of the surface of John Hughes films. So Yeah, like, I looked up kind of his whole uh, filmography. He did so. He did Beethoven. He did Home Alone. He did Curly Sue. Uh, yeah, he got into, like, kids' movies, I think, when he had kids. Yeah, he a lot of kids' movies, like, but... They didn't have the same like soundtrack aesthetic as the early '80s movies did, so I couldn't find any good songs from those. No, yeah, no, yeah. And, yeah, he's you know I think you get to a point where it's like you're hip for a reason. You're hip because you're hip in this moment, and then mm-hmm. you kind of burn out. And he was such an iconic director for that time. I mean, it just defines that that the pop culture of that time. So, and I think that. I wonder if that's part of the reason because that is such an 80s aesthetic because once you get to the 90s, it's kind of not mellow, but kids are different. Like a little like with the whole grunge scene, you have um, a little more aggression in the music and it's not just a fun time. Well, look at the difference between, um, say, 16 Candles and Uncle Buck. So now you've Mm -hmm. got a difference of what? What? eight years between those two films and the teenagers in uncle buck are filled with angst and they're you know experimenting with drugs and they're like you know Mm -hmm. and they're they're tackling some other issues in that film but the the teen kind of thing has changed already in that which is which is really odd Uh, but i remember going to see uncle buck in the eighth in like the summer after the eighth grade going to see that with my buddy uh and riding our bikes to the Buena Park Mall to see that. And uh, it was such a cool, like, film to go. I just, Both of us just laughing our asses off in that movie. And, so and, you know, good. Oh, John God. Candy just, uh, he appealed to so many people. It was so great. You know, yeah. Right? What's not to like about him? But anyway. So, awesome. Well, that's yeah. cool. So, I'd like to announce there's all kinds of stuff upcoming, and we got all kinds of things going on. But the yeah. reality is we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, like, your band is doing something cool right now. No. No, I mean, we're doing cover songs, and they're that's on, been they're really available. fun. That's been cool. Yeah. If you follow us on on uh, Instagram or Facebook, you've seen them. So mm-hmm. continue to do that. That'd be great. We like your likes. Uh, we do have a tour that is still booked um, for May June, but uh, I don't know if that's going to last. So I, I kind of don't want to bring it up. So yeah. we're not going to jinx it. Don't jinx that, it. 
we're getting to the point now where it's like, well, even if we do go, do we want to go? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Although it is a red state tour. We're going through a lot of red states. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, knows? That's a risk. But yeah, yeah. So if it anyway. happens, it happens. If it happens, it happens. But anything going on for you? Or are you just uh, you going to switch rooms today? You going to go to the other room? Yeah, we. Uh, it's hot, so we're finally putting the air conditioner on and uh, just going where it's cool in the house. Still yeah. reading. I started reading a book called Station Eleven, and didn't realize it's based on the whole premise of the book is that the world ended. There was a, a flu called the Georgia flu that wiped people out. Within the course of like 30 days, the world ended. And so it's all these kind of, it's these survivors picking up the rest of it um, and the life after the flu. Uh, not a good time to read that book. Didn't know yeah, what yeah. the premise was about, but uh, it's Why don't you like Never Ending Story or something like that? Like something else? No, you know. no. I, yeah. Before that, I read In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. Oh, yeah, Truman Capote, yeah. great. That was such a good book. So yeah, the book good. is better than the film. The film is good too, but uh, wait, there's a Capote, or yeah. in Cold Blood there was a book. no, no, no Capote. Yeah, yeah, okay. The Capote is like the writing of it. It's kind of the behind the scenes of it. Yeah, uh, you know, but uh, but yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie is outstanding. He's amazing. Um, Such a great yeah. actor. But uh, but yeah, I, to be honest, the book itself, it's you can see why that was it kind of started a genre like a true crime genre Total- of writing. I know? had no idea it was a real. Yeah. Murder. Yeah. I, I was researching after I read it. Um, yeah, I had no idea it was real. And just that, like you said, that genre of writing, not just writing a book about the murder with facts, but writing it in a way that's entertaining. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it just, it was so good. So yeah. that's yeah, all so, I've been doing yeah, is reading. Hey, I guarantee you, you can you can get a Kindle version of In Cold Blood right now, like download it. So if you're out there and you want to mm-hmm. get involved, that's that's really is a masterwork that he did and really started a kind of a genre there with that. So, cool. yeah, I've been um, I don't know. I've been making masks. So I've been taking all my leftover fabric and just making masks out of it and donating them. Awesome. So more of that once I get more elastic. But supplies are pretty hard to come by for that stuff. Yeah, right. I'm sure. Unless you leave the house. So <laughs> probably. Yeah. 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 Well, don't worry. I I actually just looked out the window and Dwight's out there uh finding pooping. So there you go. Hey, Dwight. Enjoy I mean, he's doing what he loves best. I know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, that was fun. And that was great. Maybe we'll see each other again next week. Maybe, you know? I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see I each might other be again busy. Who knows? Person sometime. I don't know. God, that would be nice. Yeah. See a stranger. See a total. See, see an old friend. Hello, old friend. All right, cool. Well, this was fun. Let's, uh, let's, until next time, everybody, we will speak again soon. Bye. Bye. Julia, where's your microphone at? Uh, next to me. Okay. For some reason, you're not coming in as clear as Mike is. Do you have your, your Zoom set to be using that mic? Yep. Or is it? Yeah. Weird. I can move it closer to me. Yeah, I do a little bit because he sounds like well. Really and good. for a hot minute, Mike was sounding very echoey. It oh, stopped, and then I heard you for a second too uh, when you were doing the word search from Tara. Like uh-huh. you could hear you uh, like ruffling the things around, but that's weird because I can hear myself. I don't know. I seem fine, but I'll move it closer. 
It, it's a little tinny, Julia. That's the only difference for, that weird. I notice. It's a little tinny, yeah. It's, so it's, it seems like it's there's a natural reverb, like it's further away from you. But okay. whatever. Okay, you guys want to come back in? Uh, yeah. Well, get... how do I sound now? Like I moved it closer. It just it just still sounds like you're not using that microphone. You're using your computer microphone. Um. Mercy. So my output is the built-in. My input is the Yeti. On the on GarageBand too. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's fine. I'm sure. Hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna mute myself, and then you guys are gonna come back in. Okay. Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast was created by Julia Halperin and produced by me, Christina DLT. Sound engineering by Dwight Francis Productions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes Podcasts, CastBox, iHeartRadio, or wherever fine podcasts like this are found. For more content and a list of songs for each episode, head to our website, mixtapemixtapepodcast.com, or find us on Instagram at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast. See ya!